we were never a team and we weren't nice. Like I, like that's the best way to explain it. It was like, we just wanted the other person to be what we wanted them to be rather than like accepting them for who they are. Welcome back again to another episode of the Confident Mompreneur podcast, where we talk to real women from around the globe about real life difficulties and triumphs in momhood, business, relationships, health, and more. I'm your host, Kiri, ready to give you real actionable advice to help you become the best, most confident version of you in all areas of your life. Let's get into it. Hello. Hello, friend. How are you? Um, so I'm Kaylee. I live here in Laramie. I've been married for, what year is it? 2023? 12 years married. And we have been together since I was 15. So 19 years together. We're like in year 20 right now, not quite to 20 years, but in year 20 right now. So yeah. Um, We have one daughter and a dog who is my daughter's dog, like (laughs) through and through. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, that's about it with our family. I am a counselor here in town, primarily working with EMDR. Um, Our daughter is in third grade and my husband builds houses and primarily keeps to himself. He kind of just is like the little... (laughs) quiet one in the background floating around that either people know because they've known them their whole life and his whole life or they're just like oh you're married like (laughs) we didn't know and I'm like yeah so um yeah that's just just the last one in the relationship (laughs) oh yes I am I and I I was actually telling my mom the other day I am the loud one but it as I've gotten older I've like picked up more quiet keep to myself tendencies um and become quieter. So he is, he's definitely rubbing off on me in that way, in a good way, but he'll never be loud. I'll never rub off on him. <laughs> he'll never go that way. So That's yeah. how it goes though. It's like those opposite personalities kind of like attract each other and then rub off on each other. <laughs> oh yeah. Like he definitely grounds me and settles me in a way that's like, um, I mean, I do have a big personality. I don't have any problem with the fact that I have a big personality, but I have a big personality. I'm loud. I'm more boisterous. And he's always been a little bit more quiet, a little bit more reserved. And definitely we balance each other out in that, in that capacity for sure. Yeah. Like that's why you and I get along though. We're, we're is, exactly the same. Cause we're both loud, right? Most of my friends are really loud. I've got a couple, we have one friend that jokes us, um, she was actually friends with my husband first and then her and I became friends through our children actually. Um, but we always joke that her husband's the mayor. They call him the mayor. Cause he just talks to everybody and is super friendly and everybody knows who he is. And then there's her and my husband that are like in the background. And whenever we all get together, um, if he's not with us, she'll be like, oh, well, is Shane just off in his garage being himself and quiet? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> so yeah kind of funny but yeah so so you guys met when you were 15 right and you guys are both from Laramie so 
most people don't have relationships that last from the age of 15. What has that been like for you? Um, this is like kind of my little <clears throat> tagline for our relationship. Everyone thinks like, oh, high school sweetheart, so cute. No, <laughs> absolutely not cute. Absolutely like not not easy. And I, marriages and relationships are not easy at all, but I think there's this added element of like, we've literally grown up together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to be 35 in a week. He just turned 37. Like we have literally spent half of our lives together at this point. And the person you are obviously when you're 15 is not the person you are when you're 35. And so there's just this sense of like, growth and change that you go through that I think is really I mean we even like you know talk about like in our early 20s like how different we were in our early 20s to now so it's been really like it's really good now we're in a really good place now but it has taken like an exponential amount of work an exponential amount of counseling some back and forth in our relationship. I mean, we did the classic, you know, high school relationship kind of off and on again thing. Mostly when I was like a senior in high school, we sort of went back and forth a lot. Um, And then I think like freshman year of college, I remember this very, very like vividly. Um, Freshman year in college, we, I don't know, started talking again in like November of that year. Um, so I had probably like just turned 19 and we just didn't ever really stop after that. Like things shifted and changed, but we went through like some really rough times with like our own relationship and friends and all that stuff, which primarily I think happened like right after we got married. Um, like the first year of our marriage was awful. Like. I think I was 22. Yeah. And he was 24. So we were like babies. And I like, I look at like 22 and 24 year olds now and I'm like, oh my God, they're so selfish. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, I was so selfish. I was getting married. Like, what the heck? Like, why, why? Like, why did, I don't know. Why did we do that? Part of it is like, by that time, we'd already been together for seven years And like, like I said, we had that time of like off and on, but it was so like consistently off and on. It was like a few months off, a few months on, a few months off. Like it was ridiculous. Um, And we, yeah, like we got married and that first year, like nobody tells you that like there, it's not really a honeymoon phase. And I don't know, maybe other people have that, but like for us, it was not a honeymoon phase. It was like, it was awful. Like, I just, I don't even know how else to explain it. Like we, um, I was in my first year of grad school. Um, we were building a house. Like it was just, I don't know what, like I was not in a good place to be like married or getting married or like even a nice enough person to like recognize anything outside of myself. And I think he felt the same way, right? Like he was not a nice enough person to recognize anything outside of himself, Um, so we went to counseling that first year and things got a lot better. Um, we still, I think just were like in this weird high school, college type 
relationship, but we were married and there was a point in time where we and our friends, we drank a lot and that became kind of like a toxic situation too. So we had made a decision that we needed to step away from that friend group, not because they weren't lovely, wonderful people. They were, but the drinking was just not that was not good for us. Um, and so we chose to stop drinking because it was better for us and not, not like stop drinking. I don't really drink anymore and he doesn't either, but like just, you know, college and, and that kind of stuff, like <laughs> drinking yeah, in college, drinking, yeah, <laughs> partying, that sort of stuff. Like it just obviously wasn't good on our relationship. So we chose to take a step back and things went really well for a long time. Um, and then we had our daughter, And I should say, like, we weren't totally, like, totally cut off from those friends or anything. Like, we still hung out with them, but we just really limited it because we recognized, like, just the toxicity. And then we had kind of a rule that, like, only one of us could drink at a time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And that that worked. But then we had our daughter, and that's really when, like, things shifted. Um, And we, like, it literally just became us three, like Mm -hmm. there, once you have a a baby, there's no time for anybody else or anything else. And like, I want to say I was like three years into my job, like right at like, I was 26 when we had her, um, which is old for Laramie. I feel like, like everybody around here, like gets married and has babies. And I was like, Mm -hmm. older of my friends. And not that I didn't have friends with babies, but it was just really like, our lives shifted to only that and only her. And also like just our view and vision of like parenthood was totally different. And so that opened up like a whole new level for us. And then, um, you know, we did well for a while again, but we were just, I think really disconnected in a way. Like it just wasn't, we weren't supportive. We weren't like helpful to each other. It was like, me and my world and him and his world. And we lived together with a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just, I don't know how else to explain Parallel it. living. Yeah, totally parallel living. And I think I got to a point where I was kind of tired of it because I am very much like a, you know, community together type person. And I had this idealistic relationship idea of like, oh, you do everything together. You go everywhere together, all this kind of stuff. And that wasn't that wasn't real for us um and I think there were some other things too I don't know like kind of I don't really know we just weren't mature I I mean and and by this point I was like 30 right and we just really weren't mature and we always say it in this sense of like we were 30 year olds in a high school relationship still like it never actually we had never actually grew And like, I'd had somebody tell me one time that like, you're always going to grow and either you're going to grow like apart or you're going to grow together. But relationships are about like, where do you find that cross point? Um, actually had a friend explain it as like a bonsai tree, right? Like there's different roots and there's different, like parts of this tree or different chunks of the tree, but eventually they still all tie together. Right. And we were never tying together. Like we were never on the same page. We never like, you know, it just was never together. Um, and so I had made a really 
big decision to split. And like, and I was done. Like we were done. I didn't want to try counseling. I didn't want to do any of those things. I was just done. Um, and we separated with like the full intention of getting divorced. And at this point we had been married for seven years together for 14 years. And so still it was like half my life. Right. And, and I was just done. And then the more and more time we spent apart and even like I dated somebody else, he dated somebody else. I just couldn't picture my life like with somebody else. And the biggest thing is, is we love to go to Disney world. We go to Disney world all the time. And I I just kept thinking in my mind, like, who am I going to take my daughter to Disney world with? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to take her with a, this other person. I don't want like that person to be the one that goes to Disney world. And we had agreed to like, you know, when we separated that, like we would still be, our main goal was like good Mm co-parenting and kind of agreed like the person that we chose to date would have to just be okay with that. And the guy that I was dating, I could tell was just not really okay with that. And at one point he told me like that I needed to stop worrying so much about Shane's opinion And I was like, um, he's the father of my child. That's never going to happen. And it was kind of like, that was the point too, where I was like, this isn't like, I don't really like this person. I don't want somebody else to know like all my traumas and all of my like life and everything. Like, I don't want to teach that to somebody else again. And Shane and I made the decision to go to counseling, not to work things out. Like that was not the decision, but like, to determine if things were fixable. And then if they were fixable, how do we do that? And if they're not fixable, how do we do that? So Mm -hmm. like our counseling was never a like, Hey, we're getting back together and reconciling. It was a, what's the best point of this. And I had decided that if that was the venture, the direction I was going down, that this other person couldn't be a part of that because how was I ever going to figure that out? If there was always somebody on the background. So we kind of like worked through some of that. And then I don't know, like that, we went to counseling. That was in, we started that in February of 2019, because it was one of the worst Valentine's days of my life. (laughs) And then we did counseling off and on until probably about a year ago. So, I mean, like, almost three and a half, four years of counseling. Like, and when I say off and on, I mean, like sometimes we would go weekly. Sometimes we would go monthly. Sometimes we'd go every other month. And we finally got to a point where we're like, we think we got this now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm not saying that it's smooth sailing. It's not smooth sailing, but it's definitely like, we've got things like we are way better at communicating. We're way better at talking and I'm way better at understanding that like, we are not going to be the relationship where people do everything together because that's not, we don't enjoy a lot of the same things and that's not realistic. So, you know, just kind of like definitely changing some of our, my perspective, I guess I should say. On what the relationship should look like. Yeah. 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 Well, I Mm -hmm. love that you talk about like kind of that early toxicity in your relationship because I'm pretty sure if we all think back to like our high school or like early college relationships they were also toxic Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like also going through it with somebody and like recognizing that and then working through 
the toxic that you had been to each other through Mm. everything and that was something when you and I talked about this um before was like you mentioned like I don't want to have to share my traumas with anybody else especially because we were kind of each other's traumas a lot of the time (laughs) yeah yeah and I didn't want anybody else to like hate him or dislike him because he's not a bad person just like I wasn't a bad person we just like did not have a good way of communicating or, or like knowing what to do or like working through some of the problems. And so it just became ugly and I, and not like we were never like, it was never like physically abusive or like, you know, emotionally abusive. It was nothing like that. It was, it's like really hard to explain. It was just like, we were never a team and we weren't nice. Like I, like that's the best way to explain it. It was like, we just wanted the other person to be what we wanted them to be rather than like accepting them for who they are. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's even things within our relationship because we did cause each other a lot of trauma because we weren't nice, right? Because there were things that happened and things that we said and things that we did that weren't nice. And like, and I'll be the first to admit that like, cause this was one of our biggest problems. If I didn't feel like emotionally close to him, I would find it somewhere else. And, and I, and this was a big thing for me when we did counseling too, is like recognizing my pattern. If I didn't feel emotionally close to him, I would start talking to my mom more. And then I would start talking to a friend more. And then I would find a guy that I would start talking to more. And then that would become like my emotional intimacy in that relationship. So it was like a form of cheating because like I was then finding that elsewhere. Right. And so now I, if I don't feel that emotional intimacy, I ask for it. And I think that that's something that we weren't ever taught, right? Like I recognize my pattern. I've been very open with Shane about my pattern and what that looks like. And even to the point of like, if I see myself talking to my mom more, like I can stop myself right there. Right. And now I'll just tell him like, Hey, I'm talking to my mom more. Right. (laughs) Or like, we've also made a joke out of it where I'll be like, Hey dude, like, if we aren't connected, like if there's not, if we don't do something, I'm going to be on the corner of third and grand begging for it from a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so now it's more of like a joke, but there's a serious undertone to it. Right. Like I need something. Right. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things is that we're never taught. Like we're not taught to just ask for what we need. We have this romanticized, like vision of relationships right where our partner's supposed to just know what we want and that's so unrealistic like if you want flowers every every friday from your partner you have to say i want flowers every friday from my partner right i want you to give me flowers every friday and then there are going to be fridays where you have to remind them hey remember how you said you're going to buy me flowers right like it has to be you have to ask for it you can't just assume that they're going to read your mind and know what they what you want like it's not realistic. And Mm -hmm. so I think that has made a huge shift for us too, that like, we both just ask for what we need. I mean, something as simple as like the other day, I was like, Hey, dude, I, I'm going to say something that's going to come across naggy and it's not supposed to be naggy. And he was like, okay. And I said, (laughs) you told me the other day you were going to clean the kitchen and there are still dishes in the sink and the dishes are part of the kitchen. And he just looks at me and goes, you're not wrong. Like, and that was that, right? Like, we're just, I, we just try to be open and like, 
and just ask for the things that we need. Cause I think that was one of the biggest issues before is that we didn't just ask. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think you're so right though, about like this romanticized version of relationships and what they should be, especially when all you're seeing of relationships is like movies, you know, rom-com movies or like these perfect looking relationships on like social media. Like we see such a small snippet of all of the things that actually go on in these other people's lives. And then we're sitting there questioning like, should relationships be this hard should like I stay here if I'm not happy or not and I think it's important that you like recognize like you guys were each both maturing but like the relationship was not maturing and how Mm -hmm. do you break those cycles that you guys had been in for so long Mm -hmm. yeah by the time we separated we'd been together for 14 years so you're talking 14 years of this like not asking for what you want, not like saying what you want, like that kind of stuff. Right. And so there was this sense of like the patterns that had occurred at that point, like were so ingrained. Right. Or even like my pattern of finding emotional intimacy elsewhere. Right. Like so ingrained at that point. And I was never vulnerable enough or brave enough to say, Hey, I need this. Right. Whereas now I can look at him and be like, I am feeling really lonely or I'm feeling really disconnected. What can we do to make it better? Recently, we made a really like hard and fast rule in our house that like when our daughter gets home from school, she has like 30 minutes of TV time. And then it is off until seven o'clock at night because we were finding ourselves just using that as a way to like you know, relax and that's not connecting at all. And so, you know, even like coming up with things like that, where it's like, we, if we find ourselves disconnecting or falling out of that, just being able to be like, Hey, hold on, let's take a step back. We got to chat. Right. Yeah. I think that takes so much vulnerability though, to be able to do that and like recognize those patterns, especially when it's in yourself. Like Mm -hmm. we're so quick to point out all the flaws and everybody else, especially our partner when like Mm -hmm. there's somebody that we're close to, you know, like we can go through and point out all of their flaws. It's really hard to like look inside of ourselves sometimes and be like, yeah, I kind of screwed that up. And also like, (laughs) Like you said, just being open and honest, especially if that communication hasn't been there for so long. How Mm -hmm. did you guys really learn to communicate those things and like break through those barriers of like, you know, just ignoring the problem and hoping it goes away? Um, counseling. Mm -hmm. Cause I think for the longest time too, you know, even me as a counselor, like I, you have the tools. I know what I should do. Right. But like when you're doing it yourself, that's not how it works sometimes. Right. And I think admitting that too, like admitting, like I, we don't know everything we need help. I, we need to figure this out. Um, I think that's the biggest one. And really being vulnerable in counseling. That's why I say that, 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 um, Valentine's Day was the worst Valentine's Day of my life. I don't know who the F thought having marriage counseling for like 
potentially reconciling your marriage would be a good idea on Valentine's day. Like what the heck? Um, and I, there was, gosh, I can't remember exactly how we got here during that, but like, we were still at that point where we weren't sure if we wanted to actually reconcile. I had stopped seeing the person that I was seeing. He had not, but I will tell you that like 10 days later, he did. But that was like that, that time, um, there was something that was said that was super vulnerable from him. Then I can't remember like exactly what, like what it was. I remember the theme. I remember kind of what we were going through, but it was pretty much like, these were all of his fears going into relationship, even as like a 17 year old, right. That at this point at like 32, he was still carrying with him. And it had also kind of come out that within that we had both almost made like this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like I'm not going to get emotional intimacy and because I wasn't asking for it from him and was finding it other places, then he wasn't given, like I wasn't giving him the opportunity to give it to me. Right. So I was like this self-fulfilling prophecy of he wasn't going to be emotionally intimate with me. And And until that point, I wasn't seeing the role that I played in that, right? Just like him and what, and his fears, and I'm not going to share his fears because he's not here. And I did ask him if we could talk about that, if I could like do this and get his like, okay with it, but I don't want to like, you know, say his stuff. I'm okay saying mine, but like his, you know, his fears essentially like he, same thing, wasn't like treating me in a way that was going to make those fears lessen. He was treating me in a way where, you know, he was essentially leaving doors and windows open for me to go find emotional intimacy elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we both kind of recognized the roles that we were playing in that. But man, to hear somebody say those things and hear somebody like actually speak their fears and then that you were just like fulfilling that role, right, is really hard. And then to also look back at it and be like, shoot, I am causing my own fears to come true, right? Like, it was awful. And we definitely at that point, we're still at that, like, I don't know if I can fix this with you, because it feels like the damage has already been done, right? And then I have to go about my day on my Valentine's day by myself. Cause I don't have my child that day. Cause she's with him and my family didn't live here. And I was completely alone. And I had like gone and taught yoga that night. Cause I didn't know what else to do with myself. <laughs> and like somebody, I, I was parked downtown and somebody had left like a random, like fake rose on my car. And it feels like it was like a random act of kindness that like kind of brought me light in that day at the same time I think I know who it was I think it was a friend who like knew I was having a bad day Mm -hmm. um well I think it actually was I think it was a a friend's brother who knew I was having a bad day Mm -hmm. and like knew I was teaching this and just did it for me to like bring light to my day but I I mean you know it was just one of those like we recognized that we were literally building our own fears and building, like, essentially creating our own nightmares to come true. Like, it was, mm-hmm. we were the cause of all of our own problems. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that the truth so much of the time, like, in oh, relationships gosh. and life? <laughs> like, yes. the cause of so many of our own problems, but 
we don't want to recognize it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like absolutely. And, and I think like, that's the biggest thing too, right? Like we're not taught to just take accountability for our own stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I love that you talk about like, you weren't providing him the opportunity to give you love in the way that you needed it. Because I think we do that way too often where we're like closed off and we just expect our partners to know everything we need and want from them instead of like giving them that opportunity by saying, Hey, I would really love it if you did X, Y, and Z, or, you know, one of the things that's come up recently is like talking about love languages with each other I think that has been really helpful and just like opening the doors to seeing how our partners like to be loved and how we like to be loved and Mm -hmm. like allowing our partners to love us in that way yeah you know that actually brings up another really good point for us because it like we knew each other's love language and that was something we had done in our first year of marriage but then like down the road, he was like, gosh, it's not just love languages. There's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. And what really helped us was understanding each other's attachment styles. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like the big attachment style, like anxious, avoidant, all those things. Um, even as a counselor, I hate those ones. Cause I feel like they're just so complex and confusing sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I always point people to Stan Tacton's attachment styles And he makes it so simplified in this way that we were both like, oh, wow. Um, And so Stan Tacton says like, there's three attachment styles. You have a wave, an anchor, and an island. So literally like thinking water here, right? Ocean. Your anchor is like you're anchored. You're secure and you feel good and you feel balanced and you feel grounded in wherever you are, right? Like you had a good probably, and this also goes back to childhood. And I know people think it's hokey, but it's true, right? Like you probably had a good, like secure relationship with your parents and you felt comfortable knowing like where your independence was and where you would need help. And you felt comfortable reaching out for that. Right. And then there is wave attachments and wave attachment styles are, um, just like a wave, like, you know, like the push and pull So I'm going to pull you closer to me, but the minute you get too close, I'm not going to trust that it's actually going to stay that way. And it's safer to push you away than it is for you to stay close to me, right? Because if I push you away, then I'm not going to get hurt. I am a wave. (laughs) I am 100% a wave. Like I, and I, and again, that's one of those like vulnerable things where you don't really recognize. I think him and I are both like moving toward anchor because you can, you can be in a relationship where things can be more like grounded and settled and calm and, and anchored. And I think that I am moving more toward an anchor, but I also was very codependent. I was very like, just very much like couldn't bring myself happiness, right? Like I just expected other people to make me happy. And so I, I was definitely a wave. I think I am becoming way more anchored now, But then we also had to chat about like, okay, what does that mean in our relationship? Waves tend to really need like very solid hellos and goodbyes. And that includes like good night and good morning. Hey, I'm going to the grocery store. I will be back because waves don't trust that you're going to come back. Mm -hmm. Right. And so those really solid hellos and goodbyes were a big deal. And I've noticed now that we're becoming more anchored that I don't need those as much anymore. Um, 
but I do, I do sometimes feel that twang of like, I get up in the morning and I come downstairs and like, I say good morning to him and give him a kiss on the forehead. If he gets up in the morning and I'm already awake, he literally walks through the room and just like waves at me. And I'm like, Hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so there has been those, those little twangs where I'm like, man, well, you could come and give me a hug. Right. But again, I I have to ask for that because that's not something that he needs. He doesn't mm-hmm. need that. I need that, right? And so that's something where it's like, rather than me being like, gosh, you could come give me a hug. I could, I not could, I need to say to him, hey, it'd be really great if you get up after me, if you came and gave me a hug, mm-hmm. right? He, on the other hand, is an island. So that's our third um attachment style he's an island so again thinking just like the ocean here islands are like off on their own right like they don't need anything they don't need anybody they don't need like that same level of connection and part of that is because they probably didn't get it as much growing up and they had to figure out how to just manage and take care of themselves the problem there is that they literally don't need it so then they just not they subconsciously push it away. Right. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, they definitely need that space to themselves, right? They need that time to themselves. So like he is definitely an Island. So we have an Island and a wave and islands and waves, you know, they don't really go well together sometimes. And we've had to figure that out. And like now, you know, he, we literally, my daughter and I will leave the house and like, go do things completely by ourselves. Like my mom lives in Fort Collins. We'll go to Fort Collins and we'll leave him home. Or, you know, we'll go to like a UW volleyball game and leave him home by himself for a few hours because he needs that time, right? And so we honor that just as he honors like my need for hellos and goodbyes, right? And, and his, like, he's very introverted. He's very quiet. He's very keep to himself. So it's more than just an Island for him. Like he gains energy off of being alone um, and having some solace and, and time to himself. But within that, like, it's funny. Cause I recently said to him, I was like, you know, it would be nice if you and Evelyn left the house and I got it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, again, like we're getting to that point where, where we're both becoming, more anchored with each other and we're both respecting what the other one needs and asking for the things that we need. Right. Mm -hmm. And then not just assuming that because I asked for it once, you're going to remember it forever. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I got to remind him, he's got to remind me and that's okay. Well, and that's the thing too, like you guys are still growing and things are still going to change and it's Mm -hmm. never going to stop. So you can't just like, say, okay, we're good in our relationship now. And it's always going to be that way from here on out. (laughs) Yeah. I will say that like the marriage that we have now, it's almost like it's a totally different marriage. Like I, like I'm married to the same person. Yes. But I feel like I'm married to an entirely different person. Mm -hmm. Like it literally feels as if we really did divorce and married somebody new. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not because we didn't like because we are new people, it's because we actually took the time to learn. And I read this book at the time. We were really good. And he was really good, which is like, I mean, he took so much initiative in this stuff. Like he found so many resources um, 
for relationship. And, and I read this book at the time called the monogamy myth, right? Um, because that emotional intimacy and that like cheating in that way was there. And I cannot remember a whole lot of the book, right? I do remember like, kind of like I said, some of his actions left doors and windows open for me to like seek that elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas now like we're pretty airtight, like there's no way that anybody else is getting back in there, right? But in that book too, it talks about, um, oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought there. I'm gonna come back to it because now that just took me to- (laughs) (laughs) that just took me to like the couple bubble. Right. So we read things like that. We read like Terrence reels. Um, I think it's like the, the 10 new rules of marriage or something like that. Um, Stan Tacton stuff. We read a lot of that. Um, there's a podcast. I don't think that it's going on anymore. Um, but it's called like relationship alive or something like that with Neil Satin, I want to say. And he brought all these experts on like, you know, the Gottmans are really great. And like, and I'm going way into like my counseling world right now, but the Gottmans are like really great. <laughs> in relationship work. Good. Yeah. Right. So, but one of the things that like Terrence real says is like having the couple bubble. Right. And so the couple bubble is like other people aren't allowed into that space and, and not just other people in like that physical or emotional intimate way, but like even friends and even family, like they're not allowed in that space. So I've also like, I don't talk to my family if Shane and I are having a problem. I don't just run to them and tell them. I mean, there have been times where like if Shane and I are like in an active argument and we've like separated and like I remember last year we got in some sort of argument and then I had volleyball right afterwards. And I play volleyball with my family. Like it's literally my sisters and their significant others and me and a couple of friends and our cousins. Like, so everybody kind of like knew that I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm a little bit more down. Like Shane and I got in a little argument, but like, I don't give details. I don't tell what's going on. I don't call my mom and be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't ask for their opinion. And I don't, my mom's always been really great about not giving her opinion, which is equally frustrating (laughs) sometimes I'm like not I want your opinion and then other times I'm like mom just listen to me but she's really always been good when it comes to my relationship about just listening um but I just I don't share that stuff with them anymore because kind like what are they going to do about it right Mm -hmm. like nothing and so it's like you know he talks in his book and I want to say it's the 10 new rules of marriage I don't remember I'll look it up and I'll send it to you but um he talks about the couple bubble and about how like not, not just in that, like, you know, cheating way that we would think about, but even like not talking to friends, not talking to family about the issues in your relationship, because that's not for them to know. And, and so that's not to say that there's not things that Shane and I struggle with. There are, but we work through that with each other, not, you know, not with other people. And, and I will, there are times I go to my counselor and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, (laughs) I don't know. And she's like, okay, let's think through this. But I'm also got, I've gotten a lot better about like thinking through it. And then immediately going back to Shane and being like, this is what I'm thinking. This is what's going on versus just holding it to myself or like trying to get other people's opinions or ideas about like what I should do because they can't tell me they don't know. Right. And so that's a big one there. And I cannot remember what I was going to say about the monogamy myth, but maybe it'll come back to me. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
I was just going to say, so you talked about, like, you feel like it's basically a new marriage, right? Like, Mm -hmm. married to the same person, but it's totally new. How did you guys, because you had so much history and so much, like, you know, trauma with each other, from each other, all of that stuff. How did you let that all go and decide to move forward? Because I feel like a lot of the time in relationships we have trouble with hanging on to those like bad crappy things from the past and Mm -hmm. bringing them back up and reliving them over and over again instead of choosing to move forward I it was that was a decision that we both had to make right and that was a decision that like once we made it, we had to commit to it. We couldn't keep going back. We couldn't keep being like, well, you, well, you. And now that like, we are what 2024, we separated in 2018, officially decided in like the spring of 2019 that we would work it out. And like, and we were, there was a time period there where we were working it out, but still living separately. Um, And I want to say like, he moved back in like maybe two months after we decided we were going to work it out. Um, I couldn't tell you some of the things that used to be a problem. I don't remember. Like, I don't remember because we've decided to let them go. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I don't remember specifics. I remember maybe like basic things like, you know, that, that Shane's keep to himself, like behavior was really hard for me. But again, that was something that I had to let go of because that's just him. That's his personality and he doesn't have to be with me 24 seven. It's fine. <laughs> like, you know? And so, um, it, that was just like, I think we both had to commit to that. And that's, I think that's the thing that maybe makes this unique. Like you cannot be in a relationship or choose that you're going to work out your relationship. If you're not both giving in that relationship. Like if you have somebody who's maybe just giving 10% of working it out, it, that's not going to work, right? Like it has to be a hundred percent. You're both going to be working it out. And that's not to say that down the road, like, you know, everyone says like, oh, relationships should be 50, 50. That's not true either. Right. I think it's Brene Brown that talks about how, like, mm-hmm. you know, there are days she'll come home and say to her husband, I've got about 30% today. And he's like, all right, I got the other, you know, I got your extra 20 or whatever it is, or, Hey, I don't have your extra 20. What do we need to do? Right. Like, how do we give each other space in that? And so recognizing that, like, when we went into it, when we decided to work it out, that we were going to both be a hundred percent committed to working it out. But then as like things have gone on, recognizing too, that like, you know, like I've been sick the last couple of days and also been home with a sick kid who finally went back to school today, but like he picked up some slack, right? Like he picked up some slack, just like I would pick up some slack for him if he was in the same boat. Mm -hmm. Right. And that actually makes me remember that what I was going to say about the monogamy (laughs) myth, they talk in there about how, when we're in these relationships at the beginning, oftentimes And I would say, especially when you're 15 and 22 and 26, we are not authentically ourselves, right? Like we mold into who we think the other person wants us to be. And then we get to this point later on in life where like, we're just over it. Like we're tired of being something that we're actually not. And then we're mad at the other person because they're surprised by us. Like that's ridiculous, right? Like we can't be 
mad at the other person for being like upset or feeling like kind of caught off guard that all of a sudden we're being more authentically ourselves and they didn't know who we were. Right. And so that's the other thing too, is I think like we've both like been more authentically ourselves with each other and been more like true to like who we actually are, because I think beforehand we did mold a lot. Like if you would have met my husband when we were in our early twenties, you would have thought he was super outgoing. Again, a lot of that probably had to do with alcohol because alcohol <laughs> makes you feel more outgoing in, at times, depending on the setting, right? Um, but that's just not who he actually is. And I think that he was doing that because that's what he thought I wanted and what like our friend group, you know, kind of came out as. Um, and we've actually had friends since then who have moved away and since come back and they're like, hey, like, is everything okay with Shane? He's really quiet. And I'm like, yeah, that's just him. Give him a little bit of time to warm up. He'll come out. Like he'll come in here. Like he's just, you know, he is like winding down or whatever. He just needs some space. And they're like, oh, he used to be so outgoing. And I'm like, well, it's not that he's not outgoing, although he would probably tell you he's not outgoing. I was like, but also alcohol made him a lot more outgoing and we don't drink really anymore. And he's like, my friend was like, oh, dang, that's true. Right. <laughs> um, and like this last time that same friend was over, Shane was like all up in like they I don't even know what they were talking about, something about vacations and going here. And they were like, look at this and try this or go there. Like I was like, oh, like you can definitely tell like who we're comfortable around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of that is like we we have also been way more authentically ourselves with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely, when I got married at 18, I had no idea who I was. I didn't know who, like, authentically me was. So once I actually figured that out, it was like, yeah, well, the other person didn't like who I authentically was. And Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily like who I had been trying to be, you know? So it was like this disconnect. But I do think it's really important that you say, like, both partners have to be in on this. It can't be a one-sided decision. Like if you're going to do it, you got to do it and be all in Mm -hmm. in to really make it work. Because honestly, I think that's the biggest thing is like you guys have been together forever, but you've also had issues and like you guys were literally separated on the brink of divorce and somehow came back to each other. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we hear about that very often because people aren't willing to put in the work that you guys have put in and, you know, both of you making Mm -hmm. sure putting in that work. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like we, like, I don't, I wouldn't have felt bad if we did decide to, to separate, right? Like if that really, if, if our relationship really wasn't going to work, like, that is okay. Right. And so like Shane and I, you know, we, we figured it out, we worked through it. And I, and I don't think a lot of people can say that, but I think that there is something to be said for like, maybe both people aren't on board. Maybe both people don't actually want that. And that's okay. Like there's not any, you don't have to work it out. You don't have to figure things out. Like if you truly do feel like the person you authentically are does not fit with the person that they authentically are, that is okay. Right? Like we get married and we get into these, you know, serious relationships and we change. Right. And, and that's actually something that his dad told us, gosh, way back when we were in high school, he said, you know, 
that same thing, like sometimes people grow together and sometimes they grow apart and it is okay to grow apart, right? If you're growing apart, that's like grow apart. It's okay. If there's ways that you can grow back together, see if you can find them. But like the way that Shane and I did it is not going to work for everybody, Mm -hmm. right? Like we can definitely be an inspiration for other people who do want to work it out, but also know that it's okay if you were in a position where like either you can't work it out or you don't want to, like Mm -hmm. it's okay if you don't want to, right? Like that is okay too. Yeah. I think that's super important to say is like, you know, it's got to be whatever is going to work best for you guys both in the end. Mm -hmm. So now that you're in this new quote unquote new relationship, um, what are some of your favorite parts of your relationship? This is actually really funny because I never saw myself in this. My parents divorced when I was 18. Um, and, and Lord, they should have, like, and they know that I know, they know that I think that like, this is not like, this is not gonna be a surprise for them. They know that I think that, um, but they divorced when I was 18 and they probably should have divorced when I was like 10, like mm-hmm. they should have. Um, but the one thing I'll say about them is that they, they did take us to do cool things. And whenever we were doing things, they were together, like, and so I think that's where some of my idealistic, like view of relationships came from. Right. Now I'm at this point where like, I'm literally leaving for Seattle today and he is not coming with me. Like, and when I had this idea of like, Hey, I'm just going to go to Seattle for a few days, like, just cause I need to get away and I need to go explore. And he hates traveling, hates it. He'll go to <laughs> Disney world because him and Evelyn love Disney world, but he will not go anywhere else. Right. And maybe new Orleans and Minnesota. Cause he has friends there. Um, but he was just like, yeah, cool. Sounds great. Like I got you. And I was like, ah, shoot. Well, the kids don't have school on Friday. And he's like, it's fine. Like, I'll figure it out. It's fine. Just go like, have a good time. And I think like our level of independence is really awesome. Like Evelyn and I went on like a five day camping trip by ourselves. My family came and met us on like day four, (laughs) but her and I were like by ourselves for like three days camping. And he's just like, okay, bye. See you later. Like, Hope you guys have fun. What can I do to make sure you guys are ready to go? Like we are so independent and we like so much will just go do the things that we want to do and and be okay and be accepting of that. Like I think that's something really unique to our relationship. Like and I don't like if something were to ever to happen with Shane and I or like God forbid one of us dies or anything like that. I don't think I could ever be in a relationship where someone wants to be with me all the time now. Like, (laughs) and it's funny because I used to want that. And now I see it as one of our biggest, like the things I love the most about our relationship is we are so independent and we'll just go do what we want to do. Yeah. I think it's important to have some of that independent time, like with your own friends or doing the things that you want Mm -hmm. or whatever, so that you don't lose yourself in that relationship again. Mm -hmm. And also, but also like making sure that you guys have things that you do enjoy together Mm -hmm. and like, you know, have a good mix of both of those things. Yes. Relationship. We recently started going to sort of family counseling. I don't know. It's my daughter's counseling. Um, because we are recognizing that 
and I, he doesn't care if I share this, but he is autistic, which is one of the things that we didn't know until mm-hmm. literally like a few years ago when we were doing our marriage counseling and when our, our counselor asked and she was like, Shane, do you think maybe? And he was like, I thought that forever. <laughs> um, and so we're seeing some of this in our daughter. So we started going to counseling so that I can understand her better. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I see that in him and him and I have found like unique ways to work with that. Right. But like just us going to counseling together sometimes as a family. And one of the things that our counselor asked us is like, what are your guys' strengths? Like, what are you really good at? And all three of us were like, we're really good at relaxing. <laughs> like we're really good at just chilling and doing nothing and we like it. Right. And so we do have those things that we like come back together on. Like we like to build things together, or, like work on our house together. We like to, um, we like to relax. I'll be really honest with you. Like that is what we do. Sometimes like we have, and this, it drives me crazy, but at the same time, it's, it's fine. <laughs> like we have this table that's full of like, whatever project or whatever we're doing at that time right now it's full of legos and it's in our living room and we slide it into the corner so that it's out of the way but then we will just sit there and watch movies and build legos or do art or mm-hmm. whatever chill thing we need to do right um this is like probably our most expensive habit but we do like to go to disney world like it is our <laughs> thing we go like every 2 years the trick to that i will tell you right now is we have a mileage credit card so don't think that we like have all this money. We no, it's not like that. <laughs> we like literally this is the only thing we do. Like we save all of our money to just go to Disney World. So like we go to Florida every two years. Like we have these things that we do as a family. And it's funny because sometimes when like we go to the store and Evelyn will want like this new Lego set or whatever, we'll both be like, well, you can get the Lego set, but that comes out of Disney fund, right? Like you can make your choices, <laughs> yeah. but just know. So we do have things that we like to do together. And then we have, we have, I would say for us a lot more that we like to do apart. Mm -hmm. And that like, I used to hate that and that works for us now. Yeah. Like, yeah. As long as it works for you guys, I think that's great. And so you guys have Evelyn together. What has the transition throughout your relationship, like what impact has it had on your daughter? that has been an interesting shift and actually I think that 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 is one of the reasons we stayed in counseling for for a long time um before separation his whole world was her and it was like I didn't exist right and everything that he did was all about her and everything was like you know it it was her which your your kids yes should be a big component of your life but I also believe that like your relationship still has to come first because if your relationship isn't doing good then what's that going to do for your kids right like not a whole lot and so when we so that's before separation right like it was all about her and then counseling had been a lot about like one us but then two like getting to like be on the same page parenting wise like I, uh, this is like a a total joke, but again, my sisters and I, and my parents all agree. Like I had two bad cops growing up. Like there was no good cop, bad cop. I had two bad cops. Like 
And they just very, like, they, even after they, they got divorced, were very much on the same page about my sisters and I, like, that is the one thing that they did really well. There was no question. Like if you were grounded at mom's house, you were grounded at dad's house. Like, and I was 18. So I was never like a part of that, but I saw it with my sisters. Right. And, um, you could not play them. Like you could not. (laughs) Evelyn could play the heck out of shame in particular. (laughs) Right. And so a lot of it has actually been like, I think the hardest thing for her has been transitioning to us being on the same page. The hardest and the best, I should say, because now she knows like things aren't going to shift just because, you know, of of this or that, um, or just because she asked the other parent or whatever the case might be. Um, and so I want to say like that has probably been the hardest thing for her is like us like coming from the separated front to united front now but it has like in that too her and I have a way better relationship because she can't there's nobody else that she can go to you're not the bad right? anymore no and I I mean I still am don't get me wrong <laughs> and he is still the good cop don't get me wrong but he will like he is so much better at like backing me up and then if like he didn't agree with it then talking to me about it right and be like hey and so we like we're way better about having those conversations so that she doesn't really even know what's going on mm-hmm. right like and he's like just way better about i think <clears throat> again owning our own stuff so that she kind of is learning that too right like mm-hmm. so i i don't know i mean i think that I don't think she remembers our separation in a bad way. Like sometimes she'll be like, remember when dad lived at that other house? And that's like the extent of it. Like there's no, yeah, there's nothing. I don't know. Like I have seen, and I, and for a while I wasn't sure if this was the separation or something else. Like she really struggles with transitions. And I thought that maybe it was the separation, but now that we're like in this world of like, oh, we have some neurodivergent people in our household that like have different patterns and like, it's not, it was not the separation. Evelyn thrives on pattern. She thrives on knowing what expectations are and knowing exactly how things go. And so for her, it hasn't necessarily, I don't think affected her negatively at this point, even like when it happened, I think that we were in such a bad place. And again, like we were never like, abusive like we don't really fight we don't we didn't really even fight then like it just wasn't I don't know so disconnected Mm -hmm. um so I think that for her at this point this like new relationship that we have is better but it has been a little hard on her to be like oh shoot like (laughs) I can't play them anymore (laughs) yeah she's so funny she'll be like you guys are never on my side and we're like that's not what that's not it like we actually very much are on your side. We just want you to see the big picture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it's great though, that you guys are now able to like come together in parenting as you united front and also show her like, you know, what a healthy relationship looks like and should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely like my parents are divorced. I can't say that I had a good view of a healthy relationship, right? Like, and I don't know 
yeah, I don't know. Hmm. So, well, as your friend, I just have to say, I'm so proud of you for like, you know, going through all of that and knowing yourself well enough to ask for what you want and, you know, have that insight to look into yourself and know where you might have been doing things wrong and make those changes because I feel like that's such a hard thing for people to do now but now you guys like you know have this beautiful relationship that works for both of you in a better way Mm -hmm. and for your daughter in a better way so I think it's great yeah and I will say if we would have stayed in that same toxic relationship that would not have been good and if we couldn't have figured out ways to come together and be be more vulnerable with each other, like I would not have stayed in that relationship. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Like, you know, if we wouldn't have found this like, you know, common ground and figuring out ways to talk to each other, there is no way I would have stayed in that relationship. Like, and again, when we started counseling, it was absolutely not, hey, let's do this to reconcile. It was a, let's do this to figure out if this is even possible like and that's where I again I just say like you know you don't not everyone's gonna be like us like and it is hard work and relationships and marriages are always gonna be hard work any relationship like I even if it's not like an intimate relationship relationships with family relationships with friends they're hard work and if you're both not willing to put in that work that's not gonna work Mm -hmm. so well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on and sharing your guys' story. I appreciate it. I think it's helpful to see, you know, like for the people that are kind of on that verge where they're like, I'm not sure if this is going to work or not. Like there's always that possibility of reconciliation. It's just a matter of you guys both deciding together that that's what you need to do and putting in the work to get it there. So, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, for people who want to go and check you out, find you, or um, you know, do EMDR therapy with you, where do we find you and all the things? Honestly, um, I have social media. I'm not good at it. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. So there may be a chance it goes away. Um, but I think the best way is probably just like. If you're wanting like EMDR therapy or even to like talk about your, like your own relationship stuff, because you know, this is some of the work I do too. And, and I'll be transparent. Some of this stuff is because I've lived it and I know it. And I did not do the research because I was bringing it into my practice. I did it for my own (laughs) relationship. Right. But it also, I think has benefited a lot how I do practice and how I do help people with all relationships. Um, but probably just like through my business, which is sky counseling. And see, I don't even know what my Instagram page is. No idea. I don't know. And hold on. Counseling is S K Y E, right? Yeah. It's sky with an E, um, which is actually mine and Shane's and Evelyn's initials. That's where we get that. Um, yeah, it's S K Y E counseling. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's yoga in it because I have done yoga before and sometimes I used to do that. And I mean, I still use yoga in my practice to some degrees, but not, not in the same way. Yep. It's just sky S K Y E underscore counseling. Um, that's probably the best way to start or even just to like reach out to my email, which 
I can give you and then you can put in like the description or whatever. Um, those are the best ways or psychology today. Psychology today is where I find most counselors and that's where you can find me as well and all my information. Um, yeah, that's where I would go. Yeah. I'm responsive on social media when I see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We were going back and forth on like two different social medias and then we just ended up getting uh, each other's phone numbers so that we could text because the social media was not working. No, I'm. it is not my thing. I will be so open about that. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Y'all, wasn't that just incredible? Thank you for being here with me today. And if you loved this episode, please leave us a review and share and tag us on all your socials. We'll see you next time.